0: Hey all welcome back to Data-Driven Health Radio. I'm your host, Dave Korsunsky. On this show, we want to teach you how to take a data-driven approach to your health. So we look at all of the latest technology, all of the researchers, speak to as many of the health experts as we can. First of all, to help you learn how to capture and quantify data on your health. Second, to learn how to interpret that data so you can use it for better health decision-making. That's what we focus on on this show. That's also why we've created the Heads Up Health app, which will allow you to link up all of your health information into one place and use our tools to start to use that information for better health decision-making. So if you haven't checked out our app yet, head over to headsuphealth.com. And now let's get into the next episode. Welcome to Data Driven Health Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Data-Driven Health Radio. Today, my guest is Dr. Darren Schmidt, and Dr. Darren runs the Nutritional Healing Center in Ann Arbor. And Darren and I are going to dive deep into a wide range of topics that pertain to specifically nutritional therapy for working with a wide range of chronic illnesses, So, Dr. Darren, thank you for taking the time out of your busy day. We've connected on a number of different initiatives, the work you're doing with with patients, the work you're doing to spread the good word through nutritional therapy, through some of your products you're bringing to market, the magazine you're publishing, which is awesome. So I want to talk more about that good work. I think it's long overdue that we have something like that. And we roll in a lot of the same circles in terms of the technology and the testing that we use and support in Heads Up Health that aligns well with your practice. You're a data-driven practitioner, so we'll have a few nerd moments on this session where we can talk some specific numbers. On this show, we love to get into the numbers. So where it pertains to lab tests or macro micronutrients or blood sugar levels, ketone levels. I'm really looking forward to understanding how you apply that with patients. So thank you for taking the time to join us and give us a really quick introduction on yourself and your work, and then we'll dive into the fun details.
1: All right. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Thanks for having me. So I'm a nutrition-based chiropractor since I graduated in 97, started nutrition in 98, and I stopped all insurance in uh, November of 2005. So I don't have that kind of regulatory agency above me that's paying me. It's all direct from my patients, okay? So that puts me in a position where, you know, back to supply and demand. So patients are demanding they get better and I have to come up with a supply. So I think taking the insurance out of that um, scenario has forced me to be a better and better clinician. You mean so, you don't
0: like getting bogged down in submitting claims and codes for reimbursements for pennies on the
1: dollar? Well, that's part of it, but it's more, and I knew what I was getting myself into, you know, like it was, I wanted to be direct relationship between me and my patients. Yeah. And, and I did take insurance from 97 to 2005 mm-hmm. and I was filling out these forms and none of the, the insurance companies did ask that they did not ask me, will the patient get better? They never mm-hmm. asked that question. They just want to know how long is treatment yeah. and why. Nothing yeah. related to outcomes. Right. They were not looking for the outcomes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah.
0: You, you, you've been uh, ahead of the curve, getting real behind the, the nutritional aspect of chronic disease as far back as, as the late 90s. Now it, it's really starting to come full circle. I think primarily driven by just people who, who need answers and right. just things aren't working down the conventional route and as individuals now we have access to incredibly vast amounts of information that we didn't have 20 years ago you can you can turn on the, your favorite podcast and listen to the top experts in the world and devour information that is outside the purview of a conventional medicine doctor and start to understand wow there's other things I can do here and so there's a bottoms up approach happening in this whole movement, which I think is very, very powerful, especially when it comes from the bottom up.
1: Yeah, it's super powerful. So patients are educating me. They give me links, you know, and then I go home and study. Awesome. I, I study every day and, yeah. um, and there's people that can't study very well. Well, so sure.
0: They're sick. They have brain fog. They're they're busy. They have a family. Well, they're, they're They're trying to right. make ends meet. They just need help. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So you see a wide range of people from all walks of life coming through your practice. Take us through a typical day in the life where you're sitting down with someone for the first time and they've come in with with a concern. How do you start working with said individual?
1: Okay. So will they list out all their symptoms and there could be a lot or there could be a, a few And But the bottom line is they'll say, I want to feel better. And they'll say, I want to optimize my health. And it comes down to that. So I do an assessment on their diet. And then I do a biofeedback technique, a muscle testing technique to get an idea like what's going on with their body. Tell us about that. What is that? Yeah, it's uh, well, it's a form of muscle testing where the patient holds their arm up. I'm familiar with that.
0: My chiropractor did that on me.
1: Yeah. Then he, then I do things to their body. Like I'll push on their thyroid or I have them look into a light or I have, you know, and then they push on their arm and if their arm goes weak, I know something's going on. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, and the testing procedure now, when I do it, you know, I can get a lot of information in five minutes and I order lab tests and people always have a bunch of lab tests. They come in with them. Mm -hmm. I look at those numbers and, um, What what are
0: some of the ones that your eyes go to immediately when you're first looking at a set of labs? Well, when it comes to
1: lipids, I'm looking at... Conventional
0: medicine labs.
1: Yeah. When it comes to lipids, I look for VLDL. Mm -hmm. uh, That needs to be less than 19. um, And so some of these LDL can be very high, and I don't pay so much attention to that. It's more about the VLDL. So hang
0: on a second there. So LDL is something on a very common basic lipid panel, yeah. And a lot of doctors out there will, will red flag just a pure LDL reading. So right. for people who are listening, they, they may go to the doctor, especially if they're on a high fat diet, the LDL may, may actually be high, but you're saying there's a more sensitive version of LDL, the VLDL. And so right. you're looking at that test to make sure that that's 19 or below.
1: Exactly. So and there's if it's not, what, what would that suggest? Uh, they're eating too many carbs. Yep. And they're eating carbs with fat Yep. and it should be lower the carbs. You can keep the fat higher mm-hmm. and then you have to also, I'd recommend ketosis in that scenario mm-hmm. and the body will settle, you know, it'll all get back into the correct ratios.
0: Cool. So when you see VLDL elevated, that's suggesting too many carbs. How does that relate to, for example, someone's triglyceride levels? Cause I know that's also an indicator that there's too many refined carbs in the diet,
1: right? Yeah, in ketosis, the triglycerides is the first thing to drop down. I've seen a triglycerides as high as two thousand. You know, we want them; they can come down to eighty. Mm-hmm. So, in ketosis, the body's using fat as fuel, and that fat is primarily triglycerides. Mm-hmm. And you have the LDL that carries the triglycerides. So, LDL is like a bus. Yep. Anyways, yeah. So, so triglycerides that'll that'll plummet, and the LDL might go up in ketosis. But so what? There's a Minnesota coronary experiment. I don't know if you've heard of that. It was done. Yeah, no. 9,000 people controlled in a, they're in like um, uh, medical institutions. And they did this in the 70s, I think. And right now it'd be unethical to do it, but they did it back then. And they lowered the uh, fat intake of the, um, the uh, experimental group and the LDL went down. Over the course of years, but it did not change their heart attacks. Mm-hmm. It did not change their you know, heart disease. Yep. What it did do is it raised all cause mortality and it raised cancer. Yep. Okay, so just so just because you're lowering your LDL doesn't mean that your heart is healthier and it doesn't mean that you're healthier. Yep. Yeah.
0: So your obviously working with individuals in depending on the individual but you mentioned putting them into ketosis if some of these numbers are right out of range high that may not be something that has been recommended to them through conventional care right so Tell us how you get someone on the path. I know that there are devices out there like the Keto Mojo, which we're yeah. big supporters of, yeah. that give biofeedback. You know, the first thing you mentioned on on this show was you, the first thing you do is some biofeedback around the musculatory system, muscular system, and there's biofeedback around blood sugar and ketones. There's obviously an educational component because. Right. A lot of people have never counted a carb before. I know that when you're drinking the Kool-Aid every single day, like you and I are, it's just second nature. So when the average Joe walks in the office, and there's there's obviously some early signs of insulin resistance, you know, the waist circumference, you can just tell. How do you take a lay person from zero to 60 when it comes to ketosis?
1: Well, the first step is I have them use... Uh, an app called chronometer does your company work with chronometer
0: we do integrate chronometer yeah they're a great partner of ours
1: yeah huge fan of chronometer now there's other apps and and so you put your food into the app i was working with a different one a couple three years ago and i had people eating high fat and the app like it broke like it couldn't do the math whereas chronometer is designed for ketosis so step one is just use the app put your food in there And keep it really simple. You don't have to, like, weigh everything unless you need to.
0: No, just get in the ballpark. Like, you've never tracked food, you know. Okay, I searched for potato. There's 30 entries in there. Just pick the closest one. Let's just get you familiar with the idea of Mm -hmm. counting. Don't obsess over it, but just start to make that mental association. Right. And, And I think that's part of the battle rather than even the absolute numbers is just for the first time the light bulbs going off. Wow. Okay. Um, I didn't realize how hard it is actually to get those carbs down and get the protein and the fat up, but you're building that association. So just starting off simple with some macros. That's how I do it as well. When people ask me for advice.
1: Yeah. So the first week just put the food in there and I see people once a week for the first month and then every other week for about two more months. So it's a step-by-step process. Now some people see my YouTube channel and they start doing it right away, and then they come to me, they've been in ketosis for a month, you know. So cool. there's yeah, different, like, of the gradient, yeah. Yep. So, and then I start working with the macros, bring the carbs down, bring the uh, fat protein up if you need to, get the salt up if you need to do that. If they start getting cramping, constipation, keto flu, you, you know, we can um, add more salt or whatever else it takes to help with mm-hmm. that. And then, and then watch for results. So then they do a blood test in three months or, or four or five months, See what happens with the uh, basic lipid panel. Watch their weight. Some people will lose weight initially, and then they won't. So you got to drop the fat grams down. Sure. And then then what's interesting for men is that they'll lose their belly inches, but they're gaining muscle. That's their weight. Me, my my weight's the same two years later on keto. I look at
0: the. I have it all in Heads Up Health meticulously. Uh, I've had my my weight with the same scale. I've had the same. $59 Fifty-nine dollar bathroom scale that does weight and body fat, and I can go back years before I was in ketosis, and quite frankly, still eating the standard American diet. Well, maybe I was heavier then, but uh, in general, my my results were exactly what you described. I'm I'm one ninety three, you know. It's just, but I have my waist circumference data as well. So my waist has my body's completely changed physically, but the actual you know the total mass is actually not yeah. much different than where I started. Right. So you see that a lot as well with men? Yeah. Cool. And then give us an example of the panel you'd ask someone to run on a perhaps quarterly basis initially and then taper it down. What, what's on your typical uh, lab panel? We, we love labs. We love getting into the numbers here. So you obviously mentioned the basic lipid panel, but that doesn't capture VLDL, does it?
1: So it sometimes does, sometimes doesn't. If it doesn't, what you do is you take the total, LDL, the total cholesterol minus LDL minus HDL. Mm-hmm. You get VLDL that way.
0: Okay. What else All are you right.
1: looking at? Um, well, I'm looking for any kind of autoimmune issues like the thyroid antibodies, yep. um, viral. You know, like I said, a lot of people who see me, they've been through a lot of standard medicine, and they've discovered Epstein-Barr from, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah so we're we're checking that kind of stuff out. Yep. Um I've run so some you viral see,
0: you see EB Epstein bar what what are you working on there? That's for, uh, viral there
1: may be other viral load. Right. Yeah. So we have the antiviral diet, we have an antifungal diet. Mm-hmm. We got supplements that can help the immune system get rid of viruses, get rid of, you know, fungus.
0: Mhm.
1: Yeah. Um I've had the, all I, of the
0: above just just for the record. You know, when I started when I first started working on with functional medicine I had a lot of work to do just on cleaning up the gut, uh, cleaning up viral load. And it was cool because I could do the functional test that would show the viral load, you know, six months later, non-detectable.
1: Right. And what's interesting too is the stool analysis that's available now with the DNA of various organisms. The GI map. GI map. That's a good one. Genova's got good ones. Yep. And there was somebody on Twitter was saying that as a vegan, his... Microbiome diversity in his intestines was like only at three percent of optimal, and he went carnivore—you know, all meat diet. Now he's at like ninety-seven percent biological diversity in his microbiome. Yeah, yeah this is where it
0: gets—it it get, gets—it gets—it's so multifactorial in terms oh, yeah. of the things you have to look at, and and I don't want to make this more complicated, but. That's that's next generation medicine, in my opinion, and that's when you're looking at, okay, let's get some conventional labs, let's look at the microbiome, there's important clues that come in the microbiome, and then there's a genomic component to this as well, which needs to be factored in, so yeah. there's, there's a lot of moving parts, start simple, yeah. and then work with experts like yourself who understand all of the different ways to examine the problem, and right. That's, I think, yeah. where we're trying I, to I get wanna, to heads up health.
1: Yeah, sorry. Let me let me add this so <clears throat> so you can have a virus and a fungus and a parasite in your body, different locations in the body. And I see people with that, I'll verified by lab tests. I do the muscle testing. I find it that way too. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're treating the body from head to toe. You know, like we're not just trying to target one organism. You know, so you can do like oregano, for example, can kill parasites, fungus, bacteria. Mm-hmm. So I use the term bio-burden, mm-hmm. and I say you probably have multiple different organisms. We have to improve your overall health. We have to make your immune system super strong like a freight train,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then we can throw in the antimicrobial you know, herbs, et cetera, mm-hmm. and then drainage to clean out mucus mm-hmm. and detoxifiers that are you know, more specific for the immune system. So that's, yeah.
0: I guess it, it, it's a, uh, it's a program, it's a protocol. And I right. know that, um, a lot of people will start down this, this path, let's just call it a nutritional functional path, whatever you want to call it. And yeah. it can get expensive and you got to stick with it and you got to, you're, you're taking these antimicrobials and you're not really sure if what it's doing and you're like, okay, this is, it's, it's not an instant fix. Like, like you would get from a prescription. Sometimes there's a need for prescriptions in some cases, but it's going to take six or 12 months. And I know because it worked for me. And every quarter I'd meet with my my uh, functional doc and we'd review the labs, we'd review the supplement protocol, we'd, we'd retest where necess- necessary. And then when you get healthy, it doesn't mean that you have to stop. In, in this day and age, you have to be it's a lot of freaking work. You got to stay on top of it. And even once you get to a good place, I know with me, it's like, okay, I got it all done, fell off the wagon for a while, not in terms of nutrition or diet or exercise, but in terms of really paying attention to the viral, the microbiome, all that stuff. And unfortunately, I don't think you can just let off the gas anymore. There's just... We're faced with too many. We're faced with too many pressures from all, all areas: food, water, air, diet, lifestyle, you know, environment, and so. We had Carrie Brown on this show, and she talked about her battles with uh, mental illness, and she said, "You just have to be your own detective, and it takes oh, a yeah. It it doesn't just end. Obviously, it ebbs and flows, and you don't need to be obsessive about it over time, but." You know, it's my humble opinion that a lot of these functional tests should be run once a year. Heavy metals, right. microbiome,
1: stool, maybe an
0: analysis, etc. Right.
1: And if you're really sick, like you you did it quarterly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I want to talk a little bit about you got to be your own detective. So all the experts and the conferences that I, you know, the uh, podcasts, the YouTube videos, plenty of information.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just keep going. Keep searching. Keep yeah. looking. Yeah.
0: That's That's, that's partly why. I, I built Heads Up Health is because I can listen to a podcast and somebody will say, oh, VLDL, lesson 19. And I can crack open my Heads Up Health profile and look at my VLDL readings over the last 10 years instantly. You know, listen to the next podcast. Oh, if you got the COMT mutation, then you really need to be doing X. Oh, okay, I've got my uh, genomic report here. What's my status? Right. So, like, you know, the cool thing about – what I'm trying to do is actually allow people to hear that incredible information and then go check it out. You know, we just did this podcast that's coming out soon with uh, Sarah Morgan and her expert is uh, nutrigenomics and man, we just went deep on like the top 10 snips that relate to um, mm-hmm. carbohydrate sensitivity and keto. And it's like you write them all. You, you, then you want to go back and look, okay, I've got my, you know, 23 and me or ancestry or we recommend nutrition genome and then the average person can go cross reference that information and look for themselves and that's just such an exciting time that we as individuals now have access to this kind of information and right. it's very timely because we right. we need it more than right. anything
1: and there's going to be I talked to the keto mojo people and they're talking about you know inserting their measuring device right into the phone like that Yeah, that kind of stuff. That's really exciting.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about blood sugar and ketones for a moment, because um, I think that's important for people to understand as well. And I remember my functional doctor, he had this this test called the functional glucose tolerance test. It's a mouthful, but whatever. So a lot of people maybe have gone to the doctor and, and done the oral glucose tolerance test. You you basically pound some sugar. And they test your blood sugar you know, two hours later, maybe maybe at, at other time intervals as well. But he said, Dave, go we'll eat your favorite breakfast. I don't care what it is. And it could be bacon and eggs at Denny's, wh- whatever it is. And he said, Then I want you to test your blood sugar before you eat that food. Okay. Eat the food, set the timer on your phone for an hour. Actually, let's 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 even be more prescriptive here. Set the timer for 30 minutes after the fork goes down and I want you to record your blood sugar. Then I want it at the one-hour mark, the two-hour mark and the three-hour mark and if that doesn't get the light bulbs to go off, then I don't know what will because I mean you'll go eat certain foods. There's certain foods I know and I just don't respond well my blood sugar goes off the charts yeah. And uh, so how do you when might you, and a lot of people don't like pricking their fingers. Let's let's set that aside for now. But yeah. when would you get involved in blood sugar testing
1: and recommending that? Oh,
0: Do you, do you
1: recommend that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I have my patients buy Keto Mojo. We sell Keto Mojo right out of the office. Mm-hmm. So and I just te- I just say at the end of the day, you're testing ketones and blood sugar just once at the end of the day. And we keep track of that. We want to see the glucose coming down. Mm -hmm. and the ketones coming up and, um, that's the extent of it. And that's, you know, but that's like so super important because if somebody has high glucose, um, you know, Dr. Kraft, do you know that? Yeah. I'm familiar
0: with the Kraft test.
1: Yeah. It's like 75% of kids between the age of 14 and 19 have high insulin. And then beyond that 90% and greater. So if the sugar is high for too long, the insulin stays high Mm -hmm. so that it it can catch the sugar as the sugar is spiking up. Yep. But, and and it would be great if there was a blood test for insulin you can do at home, but I'm not aware of that. Are you aware of that? You know, I've talked uh, at length with Dorian at Keto
0: Mojo, and he's obviously very close to the whole consumer testing industry and and what's what's technically possible and what's not technically possible. And (laughs) I believe that that could be the holy grail. Of oh, yeah. of consumer testing, oh, but yeah. it's just uh, it's not it's not possible at this point in terms of cost, complexity, et cetera. Um, okay, someday. Yeah, and I've I've asked a few of my family members to run the craft insulin test as well because we were seeing things like abnormal lipid panel results, even though diet was in check, and so we wanted to just rule out. Any type of insulin resistance by doing well. We did a couple tests, and maybe you can share the doctor's opinion on those. First, we um, we did the HOMA IR, and this individual's doctor would not order fasting insulin because there was no diagnostic code. So oh, yeah. we just went and ordered it ourselves online. Pick pick your website, go buy the tests, whatever, eighty bucks. So we did fasting glucose, fasting insulin calculated HOMA IR. I'd love for you to comment on that. And then we did the craft insulin essay. And uh, so maybe you can
1: explain what those are for the listeners. I'm not too, I don't use the HOMA IR that often. I'm, I had a patient explain it to me, Sean Baker talks about it, but the, uh, the, but the point is
0: fasting insulin. Let's just talk about fasting insulin as a blood test, because that's actually the early warning, the check engine light before, before
1: the transmission falls out. Right, I mean, the bottom line is ketosis is what brings it down, mm-hmm. and there's things that can prevent you know there's like twenty percent of people try ketosis and they fail at it, mm-hmm. there's too many problems, they get pain or they their body doesn't work well enough for it, their goblet, whatever it doesn't work, so that's also where I come in and I fix the body up so that they can get into ketosis mm-hmm. so but regardless of the, all the tests, all the lipids, you know there's lipidologists that they created studies um and they talk about the physiology like the size the puffiness is a small particle a large particle yep. all that stuff you know you fix it with ketosis you fix it by lowering the carbs mm-hmm. and raise the ketones up let the body shuffle it all out do some detoxification you know like
0: it's so a good, get some good sleep
1: measure this What's that yeah.
0: get, get, get yourself a good sleep tracker make sure you've got a good healthy circadian rhythm right. get some exercise make sure the vitamin d levels are in check right. and, we don't uh, want to make this
1: too complicated we can get a lot done just with getting that insulin to come down totally i
0: mean yeah. that's 90 percent of the battle right now in terms of oh, uh, sure. global health epidemics is just yeah. insulin resistance right and so yeah, we, the other
1: part the other part is the oxidation of the fats with the seed oils formerly known as vegetable oils like yeah. that's a close second yeah. to the high carbohydrate diet. Yeah,
0: you know I grew up in small town Winnipeg Canada and it uh, was the canola oil capital of the world where right,
1: production of canola oil
0: yeah, for for the grow, growing of the
1: crops and and, and stuff like that. So and it stands for Canadian oil canola. Yeah,
0: yeah. and uh, you know I've I've done a podcast on this with Dr. Lemansky, and he talked in in, in depth about industrialized seed oils. And I, I you know people in that is that
1: my is, is Doctor Who is that Brian? No, Doctor John Lemansky. John Lemansky. Okay. All right. Yeah,
0: and so a lot of people back home, all of a sudden, I'm getting these Facebook messages. Oh, canola oil? It's not good for me. And I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah, sorry about that one. But yeah, vegetable oils, seed oils, uh, all of yeah. that. There's a guy
1: that I follow on Twitter named Tucker Goodrich. I don't yeah. know if you know him.
0: No, doesn't ring a bell.
1: Yeah, yeah he was uh, metabolic syndrome, overweight, heading towards diabetes. And the first thing he did was, well, he, would, he was off sugar for a long time, but he was still eating kind of high carb. Mm-hmm. And her, his first step for improving his health was to stop the seed oils. That was just like. Hey, I'm going to stop salad dressing and it completely changed his health. And anyways, it's fantastic what he says, but he talks about, you know, in China and India, they eat 70% of the calories are from carbs and that has stayed the same for decade after decade, but their diabetes and heart disease and all that, it's skyrocketing faster than in America. Mm -hmm. Why is it? Are they eating more white rice? No, they're not. It's their seed oils. They're getting rid of pig fat and they're getting rid of coconut oil. And they're bringing in the canola oil, the seed oil, whatever is being sold to them. Yeah. And it's just destroying their health. You know, that's something we haven't
0: emphasized enough, actually, is the seed oil component. We talk a lot about the metabolic, the nutritional component, but that's a, a detail that I think a lot of people may, may not pay attention to. And it's it might be one of the common mistakes on, on, a, on a high-fat diet is what, what what kind of fat you're, you're getting in your diet as well. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. I remember th- this a long time ago, I had a friend, he was vegan and his, his buddy got s- like a uh, fries with a lunch. And they're talking about uh, the oil and the the guy that bought the fry said, yeah, but it was fried in vegetable oil. So it's healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like lard, you know, we're this is a long time ago, this is in the nineties, Yeah, you know, and in the eighties they're using lard at the, fast food restaurants, but they got rid of that. It was like banned, you know? I
0: grew up, I grew up on canola oil and, and processed foods and it wasn't until I was like in my early thirties where I had to actually, you know, we don't figure this out oftentimes until later in life. So if we could somehow change the uh, curriculum in uh, early school systems to help kids get ahead of this problem and understand foods they're eating and the connections that should be like
1: required education right yeah there's a uh, a group called nutrition coalition didn't have you heard of them the name rings a bell yeah Nina Teicholz is yeah I know her for sure yeah right so the next change in the food recommendations are next year 2020 they got to change it every five years and she's trying to get a really good scientists on that panel awesome yeah Cool. Hopefully it'll work out. Who knows? Well, you've got some other interesting
0: business ventures that I want to segue into here. And one of them happens to be the magazine, Good Fat Life. Yeah. So tell us how, uh, how that was, was born into the world.
1: Well, it started with a good fat company. So um, I had a friend, he gave me a food bar. It was organic. And he handed it to me and he asked me if I wanted it. And I looked at the ingredients and I said, no, thanks. And I gave it back to him. And he thought about that. He's in retail, uh, grocery, wholesale. That's his business his sales like that. And he called me up a few months later and he said, if you were to make a, a bar, what would it be? And I said it would be higher fat, higher protein, lower carbs. So that's where we came up with a good fat bar, which has expanded. We're going to do, we do the good fat life magazine. And that was, so there's three of us that own the company. And Sherry Richards is the one that's um, doing the magazine. She's more in charge of that. And the point of this whole endeavor, it is a little bit about ketosis, but it's just simply about get the sugar out, bring in the good fats. Don't be afraid of healthy fats. And that's why we came up with the name Good Fat Bar, Good Fat Life.
0: Cool. Yeah, I think it's a great idea, just an engaging way for people to learn more. You know, something in print, in hard copy that you can actually – Ingest and read, especially for people who are part of this lifestyle. And it, it is a lifestyle. For me, it's never going to change. It's just something I know that works for my own body. So it's just good to see more content coming out and more ways to educate people. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So um, tell us uh, any other uh, topics you want to touch on here, Doc. Just, I mean, the, the Heads Up Health community is very data oriented. We, um, we do a lot with consumer testing, a lot with the devices and apps, a lot with lab testing, but just other clinical pearls that, that you might want to share with people that have that have come from your decades of experience working with clients yeah.
1: firsthand. Clinical pearls, um, well, you know, there's several, but uh, I had black mold poisoning three years ago. Mm-hmm. Long story short, with all the research I got into I found the mechanism of chronic disease, which was studied extensively from the 1840s till about about World War II. And it was forgotten after 1960. So I talk about that in my YouTube channel extensively. Mm -hmm. And so when I treat a patient, I'm looking at causes. Mm -hmm. The causes are pathogens, the major causes. Mm -hmm. Pathogens, toxins, and then excess sugar metabolism, you know, Mm -hmm. from the standard American diet. Mm -hmm. And then, so we take care of those things. And then we address the mechanism of chronic disease. And then symptoms come from organ dysfunction. Mm-hmm. So you can try to get rid of a symptom by feeding the organ that's causing the symptom. Mm-hmm. So in the case of the black mold that I had, I got black mold. That's the cause causing heart pain. And I treated the cause, treated the mechanism. And then I fed the heart really well to, and the muscles to try to get rid of that pain. But that's the... And, and as I learned this stuff, and this is now, you know, three and a half, yeah, three years ago, it's like everybody, every practitioner, every patient should be thinking this way. And the information comes from the founders of medicine, the father of, ender, of endocrinology, the father of physiology, the father of holistic nutrition from the 20s through 1960. And they said it over and over again, here's how you treat a patient. So I'm just, that's like the bigger picture clinic, you know, when you're asking for a clinical pearl, the next thing I want to say is the importance of taking glands, eating glands. If it's gross to eat liver or whatever, you can buy a pill, liver pills. Yeah. There's a, there's
0: a company there. I just want to jump in for a second. I apologize, doc, but, um, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it was grass fed
1: organ meats and they were in pill format. Right. Yeah, there's, well, I have a company that has a one product. It's a multi-glandular. It's got nine glands in it. Ooh. And there's another, there's another company called, I think it's Ancestral Health. And they, I think so. And they have single glandular products. They got a liver, they got yep. or, uh, spleen, pancreas. What's the
0: name of your product?
1: The company's called Heritage Glandulars. Mm-hmm. And the name of the product is, is just called multi-glandular. Cool. So I'm working on developing new products, and that's really exciting. Well, that sounds like a good one to have as just part of your standard regimen
0: to make sure you're getting those incredibly healthy organ meats into the Yeah, body.
1: we position it like a, people take a multivitamin, multimineral, but the multiglandular, you can't take it every day mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. or You know, can't even take it every day for six months. You have to stop it because it has all the naturally occurring hormones that exist in those organs, in the cow Mm-hmm. and in the sheep and so you can take it like every day for a week and then stop it for so a week it. yeah every day for a month and stop it for a month yeah
0: okay cool okay so that's a good one we've talked a little bit about pathogens in terms of black mold toxins uh glandular supplements
1: where necessary uh yeah. other gems for us well let's talk about toxins Do you you know there's lead tests for toxins heavy metal urine tests Yeah. Um, there's the Quicksilver Scientific. They have probably the best test for mercury in the body. I've run that a few times, and then you got to detox it. If you're, you have high levels, and even if you do a heavy metals test and it's you're clean, you still may have chemical toxicity. Yep. And so I have a couple detox programs. I'm a fan. Uh, there's a company called Systemic Formulas. They have this, these boxes. like one box per month. And there's Mm -hmm. another company that I like called Cellcore Biosciences. Um, They have a detox program. I'm a fan of both of these companies.
0: Yeah, we'll make sure we link to them all. That'd be cool. Yeah,
1: And so, and I've run these detox programs on many, many patients. I've done them myself for the black mold. And I, and I know the clinical results. I see the results over and over again. And then you can run the heavy metals test again and see what's come out. That's you know? the
0: cool thing about talking to guys like you is they've seen this a thousand times. So yeah. this is not just Dr. Schmidt on the air trying to sell you a supplement. This right. is Dr. Schmidt, and I've done this on hundreds of people and I've seen the before and after results, and right? And the, yeah. Very
1: different. And the patients get better. You know, you, you look back like, yeah, I, two weeks ago I felt worse and now I feel better. Yeah. And then like a month later, yeah, a month ago I felt worse and now I feel better. And then later you get the lab results to actually prove it. And that's when people just go sky high when they start to see it for themselves. So like, yeah. yeah. And then you just, like you said, you just keep going. And yeah. they take I, I've had people poop out parasites for a year and a half. Yeah. Three people. Yeah. You know, and for detoxing metals, it might be two, five years. You know, it okay. could be you know, a long time to get the metals out. You just gotta keep going.
0: You know, I talked to a lot of people who, uh, they, they, they share an interesting common story, which is like, they'd been sick for so long that it became normal. So right. that was, th- their normal was like, had gotten so low that they're like, holy crap, I didn't even realize how sick I was until I started feeling better, because I just thought that was how you're supposed to feel. It just becomes baseline after a while. right? And then you start working on things, and it's like, oh, man okay, this is cool. How, how high can I go? So it's, it's, it's a discovery process and a lifelong learning process that, that people yeah. can get engaged in.
1: Right. I have a patient, he, uh, he's doing really good with his diet. He's feeling much, much better. And then he went to his favorite Chinese buffet restaurant. Mm-hmm. He walked out of there feeling like crap. And, I said, and it's a big place. And I told him, Everybody that goes there feel that they feel that way, but they don't know it. Yeah. Why he knows it is because he felt so much better. Well, yeah,
0: that's the rub is you get so much more sensitive to a lot of this stuff. And, you know, some people might say, well, ignorance is bliss. You know what I mean? But like once you get sensitive to it, once you start, everything we've talked about goes back to your first point, which is biofeedback. and, And that's developing an awareness of your body. And through these programs and information, you develop that awareness. And all of a sudden, you, you eat something like that, and you're like, whoa, I can't do that anymore. And, you know, five years ago, you may have been eating that way every single day and not even known it. So you start to learn how to listen to the signals, I think, is, is one way to look at it. And then you really start to learn about your body and and I think if, if we can accomplish that for as many people as possible, I think that's why I work on what I do with Heads of Health. And that's why you work on what you do is just helping people develop. I think, you know, the key word is, is the awareness.
1: Right. Yeah. How your body's, what your body's saying to you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then, and then fit, another clinical pearl is uh, fitness nutrition, mm-hmm. is human nutrition. Mm hmm. So there's dozens and dozens of pounds of muscles in your body. That's the largest organ. The -hmm. largest organ is not the liver. It's not the skin. It's not the brain. It's the muscles. Mm -hmm. And if you're not feeding your muscles, then your little tiny thyroid and your little tiny brain and your adrenals, they don't have a chance. Yeah. So I just got to put that out there because if you're physically fit, and still not feeding your muscles, eating junk food, like, what's the point? You're going to ruin your your career, you know, you're going to ruin your knees. Mm-hmm. So um, so ketosis is very important for that. And then some people going carnivore, you know, they're getting great benefit from that. But the point is, just keep, if your muscles are achy too often, or your muscles are cramping too much, you know, you lay down in bed and your back is hurting, your muscles in your back are hurting, that means your whole physiology is off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I I personally have not gone down the carnivore path. I think it would be intellectually very interesting to try that. I know there's a lot of people that respond to that very well. I think like anything, it's finding whatever it is nutritionally that's going to be the gateway drug. And once you once you get a little win under your belt, you're like, okay, I finally feel good. This is working. You know, then right. all of these other yeah. doors open up, and then you just yeah. you know, really learning how to. Th- th- then there's Your eyes open up, and
1: you you start realizing there's so many more things we can do, and then it just becomes a journey. Right. So let's talk about time frames a little bit. So if you experiment with your diet, let's say you do a weekend of eating more meat, just two days of eating more meat, see how you feel on the third day. Mm -hmm. Right now, or you can eat just a ton of vegetables three days in a row and then see how you feel with that. Mm -hmm. But like when I had the black, my favorite food is red meat. I've known that for most of my life. Mm -hmm. When I had the black mold three years ago, I couldn't eat red meat for six months because I had organ dysfunction, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right? So that's a factor. So when I I talked about treating the cause and the mechanism and then feeding the organs to repair organs, you got to keep that in mind. So if your body's not taking in meat very well, you can't blame the meat all the time. It's probably stomach dysfunction, maybe got high amounts of candida in your body or something like that. So that's where a good... Holistic nutritionist type, you know, naturopathic doctor can help you out. Cool.
0: Well, this has been incredible. I think we've covered a lot of really, really helpful information and love the work you guys are doing. We're hoping to partner up on yeah. things with uh, Good Fat Life magazine, and we'd like to do more with uh, Heads Up Health and your company. So I think this is uh, the beginning of uh, our journey. Working with each other, I'm glad you made time for us. I know it's almost uh, happy hour, uh, low carb happy hour, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Friday afternoon here. I don't know where. Where are you, Darren? Where I'm are you in that?
1: Michigan. So right in, now it's 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 6:40 uh, right now.
0: 6:40. It's 4:40 here. Uh, this has been an awesome way to end the week. Thanks, Doc, for your time. And, thanks for uh, having me. I really so appreciate it.
1: Good conversation. Yeah. Thanks. Talk yeah. yeah you it was later. fun. Okay. listening to Data Driven Health Radio.